The intricacies of asking a question on a question has always been something that has been the peak of philosophical dialect, and it goes over a lot of people's head. I was asked once if I had ever hated myself or if I um, exuded any type of self-hatred. And my rebuttal was simple. And it was a simple couple of questions. Do I hate the night in the midst of the daytime? Or do I hate sleep in the midst of continuously being awoke? And that was kind of my rebuttal. And I baffled my my friend, my acquaintance, whatever you want to call him, in saying those things because I don't think he quite understood what it was that I meant in answering his question in the midst of that. But let me explain. When we're talking about uh, self-hate and we're talking about uh, a genuine hatred for either components characteristics or traits of ourselves that are internalized as something that may be deemed bad. It all depends on the spectrum in which you bring the light, what it is that you see unfit in your internalization of who you are. If I am a person who loves to be in the dark and be out at night, then my hatred for the daytime is going to be exuded in my attitude. Just as if I'm a person who would rather stay up late as opposed to finding my refuge in sleep, then I'm going to loathe laying down and sleeping as opposed to being awake and alert and up and about. It's the same thing for who we are as people in regards to how we look at and examine ourselves in the likeness or in the, you know, unlikeness of who we think ourselves to be and what it is that we love about ourselves and in what it is that we hate about ourselves. I think it's important to understand both your self-love and your self-hatred for the things that may be something that, um, that generalizes who you are or who you do not want to be. So it simply comes down to that. Um, but I'll take it even a step further. There's a self-hatred for being in a specific race or being part of a specific ethnic group. I know for black people, and I can only speak to the black experience because I am black. I know for a lot of black people, though most will not admit it, there is an exudation of self-hatred 
for most black people because we live in a society where black though is beautiful and though is aesthetically pleasing to the eye and though is um a a prevalent part of society in the American culture and all of those things black is demonized as bad negative ugly and when you're raised in a society that has kind of given you that stigma in regards to if you're black you probably should not like yourself as much as if you were another race because you are going to be subjected to all of the negative stereotypes you are going to be subjected to all of the mistreatment you are going to be subjected to less or no opportunities in society for upward mobility and you're going to be subjected to environments in which you were never meant to be successful you were never meant to make it you were never meant to be a successful byproduct of an environment that was at the detriment of your own existence and your own life you were meant to be nothing more than existing without a purpose without a ploy without a plan that's the type of self-hatred i'm talking about and i and i say this because it exists and because it exists especially for black people there has been there has been a confliction in how can we have a dialect with other races and other people about some of the injustices and some of the 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 changes that we want to make and some of the things out in the world that need to be made right and need to be um, rectified in regards to um, balancing the the equity in which we live and the opportunities in which we hope to seek and have as other people do. Because there is a distinction in the specificity of how black people seemingly hate themselves, how can we sit here and talk about bettering our our society within the culture of African Americans and African Americans and black people if there is an eternal there is an internalization of thoughts and feelings that negate any part in being who we are and what we are right so I'm getting like a little bit deep I'm getting a little philosophical in regards to this um, just because I want people to really understand that your race is not predicated on 
who and what you love about yourself. But that society has kind of preconditioned us to believe that my self-love or my self-hate is contingent upon the race that I was born into. And I'll take it a step further. I've grown up believing that because I'm black, that the teachings that I received from my mom were contingent not on my ability, not on my talents, not on my God-given, you know, um, traits and characteristics that was going to get me to opportunities. But the conversation was more as you are black. These are the things that you may or may not be able to be privy to because you're black. And because you're black, you may be stuck in certain circumstances in which there is no way out. There is no key to unlock the door and there is no refuge for you. And because society has conditioned black people that way and, and unfortunately, brainwashed, I would say more so, the black community to believe that your conversations can't be positive about the upbringing of your black children because there is nothing but negativity, despair, and and just an overall sense of failure as a black person. And because of that, the byproduct of all of those things consummates your hatred for yourself, for your race, and for the things that you will never become. Right? That is really what society has kind of doctored black people to fill and it's not just black people it's a lot of races out in the world and that includes white people white people they have the same self-hatred because white people are looked at as the as the the hierarchy in our society right and they've been preconditioned to feel a certain amount of pressure to be the quote-unquote superior race of all those who live and exist. And if they don't succumb to that, to that circumstance, then there's a guilt that is felt. There is a guilt that is felt because they are portrayed as the superior race. And so other people look at them as if they walk around with that pride of feeling that way. 
And not all white people feel that way. And a lot of people don't. A lot of white people don't, actually. Um, but there's a self-hatred that develops and it consumes. And it's internalized in certain ways. It's the same thing for, you know, Latino, Mexican, Hispanic. It's the same te- same thing for many other cultures out in the world in regards to a certain self-hate based on race and based on customs and based on um, the dichotomy of religion and purpose and just a it's just a whirlwind of things and expectations and lack of expectations that kind of that kind of create the the self-hatred that people interlude to when they believe that their purpose and that their life is not necessarily fortunate and not necessarily a blessing to who they are. So in saying that, um, just because I'm, I feel like I'm getting heavy right now. So in saying that, um, I want to give words of affirmation in regards to that, to say a statement in regards to your self-hatred that none of those things are applicable to you. How you love yourself is going to always be dominant over the things that you hate about yourself. If and only if you allow yourself to think through rationally the things that you hate about yourself and not allowing in a, and not allowing a society to make you believe that a list of things is the reason why you will never love yourself because you should always love yourself. You are who you are. God made you and created you into who you are and what you are. And that to me is enough. But like I said, we all experience this self-hatred. And like I said, most of it is, is racial. It's racially charged. It's, um, culturally charged um if you're religious and you have a religious background it can be you know it can be you know religiously charged any of those things so um i kind of wrote some thoughts down in regards to um some quotes that um that kind of mean something to me and just my own personal journey of things that i've had to hear Um, and things that I've had to go through in regards to this journey of trying to get to self-love and alleviate myself of my self-hate because of being, uh, because of things that made me feel like I couldn't love myself more than I could hate myself. So just some words for you guys. My mother would profusely tell me that I wasn't going to be shit. But Martin exclaimed that any and everybody can be the gr- can be great. If unsuccessfulness to my life was deemed as providence due to the preconceived notion that I would be a failed byproduct of circumstance. 
Malcolm X reminded me that there is no inkling of success without criticism. My friends laughed at the formidable belief I had in my dreams. But Nessa Mandela explained that the exemplification of a winner is that of a dreamer who never gave up. Society told me my blackness would be the detriment of my own existence. But I acquiesced to the words of Frederick Douglass, saying that a man's character always takes its hue, more or less, from the form of from the form and the color of things about him. So that's kind of something I'm, I wrote and mixed with um, paraphrased quotes from people that I deem to have wisdom in regards to this self-hate thing. Going through a society where you are deemed as nothing and you are deemed as perfect purposeless and you are deemed as you know more or less you know a person who exists for the the servitude of everybody else but not for the the purpose and success of self so in saying that you know i want to send everybody good vibes and good energy so in regards to that, you know, just as it's applicable to our society, I want people to understand that the plight of self-hatred is, it's not for you to succumb to. It's for you to evaluate the things that you dislike about yourself and to figure out a commonality in ways that you can love yourself more and be more conscious of the things that you don't believe to be good about yourself. For a long time, I used to believe that being black was not necessarily a good thing because I was looking outside externally at what people believed to be good and what people believed to be bad. And if I fit in that equation of being bad because I look the way that I looked, yeah, it would be depressing at times. But I had to figure out for myself the pride and the passion that I needed to understand myself and to understand the culture in which I live in and to understand the beauty in which I lived in and to understand that me being black had nothing to do with the things that I hated about myself. That I needed to change the things and alter and work through the things that I didn't like about myself because I loved being black. It was only and only when I felt uncomfortable being black is what made me hate myself a little more than normal when I was around people who made me feel uncomfortable in my own skin. And that should never happen. And to this day, I, you know, I feel pride and I feel joy being who I am and I don't let anybody make me feel uncomfortable in the skin that I live in and I love it I love my brown skin and I love being black and I realize there is nothing wrong with that and anybody that has a problem with that they're just gonna have to have a problem with that and I'm gonna let that be contingent upon the person I become the person I will always be and the person that I die as
period. So, Terrence Brown, these are the brownie points for you guys. Um, so that was kind of my intro, long little intro. But I want to send some good energy out there. Um, one of my favorite artists as of right now, Graf. Um, so I want to send you guys some vibes. Listen up. I've been listening to this song all day long. I just love this song. It's real. It's applicable to what's going on today. And um, yeah, it's just a good feeling to to hear people who are rapping and talking about stuff that is applicable to the now and not be afraid to. Because I think when we have a dialogue, regardless of the the motif that that comes in, I believe that people understand a lot more and can empathize with what's going on in our in our everyday lives for everybody. And I love to hear I love to hear music like this. I love conscious rap. Um, for anybody that knows who I am, um, I'm I'm like into lyrics. I'm into people who can put words together that mean something that can you know be jewels to those who seek it. Um, I, I'm definitely that person in regards to that. But. Um, I want to talk more about this. I want to talk about um, how things lie in regards to the landscape of our self-hatred. What is the origin of it? Um, how do we come to it? When is it that we realize there's something about us that doesn't sit well with our consciousness, with our subconsciousness? And how do we cope? I am, I mean, when I'm around my family, when I'm around people whom I am comfortable with, um, I like to joke. I like to tell a lot of jokes. I like to, I like to gas people. I, I, that's just something that I do. It's a family that I come from. We're just big on that. We just like to, you know, we like to send shots at each other. Um, it's all out of humor. It's all out of, you know, fun and games and laughter. Um, but with that, you know, a lot of people will tell you that, you know, it jokes are jokes until we get real about stuff. Because the the um the construct of jokes and sarcasm and all of these things that, you know, would fall into that realm are a byproduct of the truth, right? 
Um, and because they're a byproduct of the truth, jokes in turn become a digestible language that people can internalize, but not take seriously, right? Because of the tone and because of the 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 satire and because of the the comical way that it's delivered and that's what makes a joke a joke that's what makes sarcasm sarcasm satire satire um and so on and so forth um but you can really tell a lot about a person's um loathing of self when you are telling jokes about them or to them you can really see it you can tell a lot about somebody's insecurities and somebody's um mistakes and somebody's um tolerance for you know things said about them when you're telling or talking about somebody jokingly or seriously you can just tell um there was, you know, there have been instances in my life where people have said things to me in regards to my skin color. And you could automatically tell based on those comments, you know, my fragility in in those comments because there was a point in time where I disliked sometimes being black in certain in certain instances. When I was in high school, you know, comments were always made about how dark I was because I chose to play basketball in a hundred degree in a hundred plus degree weather in the summertime, and I would get really really dark. And those jokes wouldn't come from white people. They would come from black people. People who look like me, but made jokes about how dark I was as as kind of a, a counterbalance to say that, and this is how I took it. It's not to say that people had the same rationale, but this is how I took. And I think this is applicable to a lot of things that people take within our own race in regards to criticism, in regards to jokes, or um, even um, insults in regards to who we are within our own culture. Um, I've heard people and I've experienced being called, you know, black. And I've even told people that, you know, like, I've talked about people being dark and they're black like I'm black, but I've broken it down to, you know, I've broken it down to a a science in which because you're darker or you're lighter than me, that that that's different in contingency upon your mentality or upon the culture in which you live in. And basically creating an insecurity that was never there for black people and for my friends and people that I've talked to. I'm not saying it was right, but I'm saying th this is how we all kind of speak to each other. And this is within our cultures. 
You know, I've heard of, you know, Mexican people talking about other Mexican people based on, oh, you're, you know, you're a dark Mexican or you're, you know, you're a white looking Mexican, just as, you know, the same thing in regards to black people, like, oh, you don't talk like you're black or, you know, you talk like a white person or, oh, you one of them dark, dark black dudes or you one of them light skinned black dudes. You know what I mean? And because of those references and because of those innuendos to difference within the race, now you're creating a construct for self-hatred to illuminate within people, especially when it's from the byproduct of me being in a certain race, but because I look different than you within the race, then there has to be a difference between us in regards to our stature and our status, right? And people don't talk about that. I don't. I think that that's not talked about enough. The the internalized racism. Me and you can be both black, but mm, you're darker than me. So because mm, you're darker, then that must mean that you're blacker than me, which means that. You fit into your stere- you fit into the stereotypes that have been conjured up in our society more than I do because you're darker than me, right? And that's how people feel. And because of that, we have created an insecurity amongst our own people to sit there and say that because you're lighter, because you're darker, and don't fit the motif of quote unquote blackness. You're not perfectly aligned with, you know, what I would think a black person should look like. Now I have to talk about you because it makes me feel better in regards to my own insecurity and my own self-hatred for being in this race and being black. But mm, I'm not as black as you or I'm not as light as you in regards to being black. So I have a basis into I have a basis into which I can project my insecurities and my feelings on you. I was like, because we're not the same technically. People don't talk about this stuff. I think it's important. I think it's important to understand where the 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 origin of some of our self-hate, our self-hatred comes from and the multiculturalism of our own cultures and our own race. Um, it's a facet of life that that truly exists underneath the underneath the film of you know racial you know equality and and racial conversations and dialect amongst people of their of same race or you know other races and because that dichotomy of racial you know racially charged um, dialect happens, you not only are creating a basis for other races to think and feel like there is a difference between the dark skin, the really dark skinned black dude and the really light skinned black dude, but you've also now created separation within a race even more so than there was before. And a lot of people don't talk about that within the black communities there is a lot of self, there's a lot of separation and 
that may be a construct of society that may be a construct of the quote-unquote man that may be a construct of the justice system that may be a construct of slavery and pitting black people against each other and that mentality existing and creating the self-hate that we see today but just in a different form and in a different um vantage point depending on the person and depending on the the consciousness in which we believe ourselves to be you know to be comfortable in our own skin or to not be so um like i said th this is a conversation nobody has um it's also one of the things that i believe to be pertinent to the black community and i think it's um i think it's important to say that you know, with this self-hatred conversation that, you know, there's a lot of black people. I want to say black men, black males in particularly, who have an issue being heard. And it's and I'm talking about being heard like in regards to the basis of social emotional um, challenges and issues. It, I'm talking, I, I talk to my friends on a regular basis. I talk to my brother on a regular basis. And when we talk and when we talk about stuff, it, it's hard to, it's hard for black males. And just in my, you know, in my vision and in my vantage point in regards to the notification of when we feel the need to vent or when we feel the need to expel some of our feelings and our emotions upon somebody so that we are able to decompress ourselves and able to kind of let things out. Black males have a hard time with that. And I think it aids and the lack of and the lack of not having that skill to be able to express my feelings in its totality to people that I confide in because I am black and I'm looked at as a person who's supposed to be deemed quote unquote strong within the parameters of the black community because you know that's also a, a big thing too is like and and it can also be just a male thing but I think it's it runs rampant pre predominantly in the black male community as well as the you know the latino male community as well as just you don't talk about your feelings, you know, with other people in regards to how you feel emotionally. We're not supposed to vent to each other, right? And that's kind of what society has said. It's like you keep that stuff in and you go about your day as, you know, you're supposed to. I'm like, because it's not manly to do that, right? And, and, and it's a stigma. It's a stigma of a society that has created, you know, a means of not allowing people like us to be able to decompress in regards to our feelings because we're always held at we're always held in the pedestal and in the 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 pedigree of not being able to need that not not going to a therapist or not going to my friend to tell us tell them what's going on. We're supposed to hang out and you know bump chest and fist bump and you know make jokes about each other and drink to our hearts content and do all of these things that you know that don't 
involve telling people how we feel. And I think that has become almost an epidemic, especially in the black community. And it saddens me because I understand being that guy who held in all of my emotions and all of my feelings because not so much because I was trying to be hard or I was trying to, you know, withhold this facade that, you know, nothing could break me, but because I didn't feel like anybody would take me serious or listen to me if I had an inkling of emotions that I needed to get off of my chest. To this day, people laugh at me and talk about me because I've always been a person and an advocate for those who need social emotional help, that they should seek it. If you need to see a therapist, you should seek it. If you need to seek counsel for your problems and your challenges in life, you should seek it. I've always been an advocate for that. But um, but people make fun of people like that. Why are you seeing a therapist? Why are you doing this? Because the general consensus of wellness has nothing to do with the mentality is what a lot of people believe. It has nothing to do with your social emotional wellness. It has nothing to do with how you feel. People believe that your actions and the physicality is how you make yourself feel better has nothing to do with the the centricity of your emotions. And I've always, and that's always troubled me about people who believe that self-hatred is something that you can physically get rid of as opposed to being able to talk some things out that you've had internalized for years upon years and haven't had an ear for somebody to listen to you. So it, it, it's, it's, it's almost an uncomfortable conversation. And instances I, like for some of my friends, I feel like if I was to ask them like, hey, like are there things that you hate about yourself? I feel like a lot of them would like laugh it off and try to divert from answering the question just because they have been conditioned to not talk about things of that magnitude in regards to who they are because it's to say that I am too vulnerable to talk to like I I'm going to make myself vulnerable in instances where I have to talk about how I feel and what my reality is like in those feelings and I believe because those lack of conversations and because those conversations don't exist in the forefront of our dialect with people, I think we eternalize a lot. And I think the I, I think the existence of self-hate is more prevalent than it is not. So. I thought it was in, I thought that was just some interesting things that I see. And so my brownie point for anybody out there listening in regards to self-hate or 
you know, your, you know, um, internalized racism, whatever you want to call it, whatever spectrum you fall into, is that you need to understand that when you are dealing with matters of the heart, matters of the soul, um, introspection of the mind, that you have to be able to evaluate the things that you love most about yourself. And if there are things that you hate about yourself or things that make you uneasy about the comfortability in what and who you are, that one, you shouldn't feel that way. And if you do feel that way, it's natural because everybody has gone through that feeling. But if you're a person who holds those feelings inside, then you're going to find yourself having a hard time evaluating these things without somebody to kind of be the ear and voice a reason for you. We have to be able to get out of our own head in order to explore our emotional wellness. I think emotional wellness is underrated when it comes to self, self-hatred. Self-hatred can be so toxic and it can, it can be to the detriment of characteristics that are good for you and good to you. But because you believe yourself to possess certain traits that are not admirable to other people or certain feelings that wouldn't be amicable to those who know you, you hate yourself for it and you shouldn't. So one of the things that I believe more so than not is that we have to understand that the social cues of society shouldn't shouldn't dictate how we go about our days and how we go about loving ourselves. And I'll take it even further than that, um, particularly for black people. Don't allow a society that we reside in to make up the parameters in which you're supposed to love yourself. You should love yourself from the perspective in which God created you, you exist, and that because you exist, you have a purpose in this world. And because you have a purpose in this world, there is success to be had. And because there is success to be had, then there is fulfillment of self. And because there is fulfillment of self, there means that there is an abundance of love for you, by you, and with you. So you shouldn't hate yourself because the love is there. So, I mean, that's my brownie point in regards to that. Um, but like I said, it just, we have to understand the difference in viewpoints in regards to self-hatred and self-hatred as it's contingent upon race and, and and be able to not only take take those things as 
negative, but also be able to understand the positivity in that and not let and not let it be a discourse to the success and the greatness that you can have and understanding that, you know, whoever you are, whatever you are, that you're amazing and that you're beautiful and that those things by themselves should be more than enough for you to love who you are and what you are. But it comes from you and it has to be internalized by you and the perspective has to hold and it shouldn't be weary when someone tells you something that may question that. But it should always hold strong and stand true for you. But you have to believe it yourself. You have to believe that there is enough love inside of you to be able to cast away all of the hatred that you may have towards the things that encompass you. But it's about loving yourself. So you have to do that. Think about it. This perspective is controversial. It seems that people, black people who exhibit self-hate, there is almost an, uh, an interlude into having no hope or hopelessness in the dialogue when we're talking about race. When we think about just self-hatred as just as people and as a mechanism in our mind to to kind of disassociate ourselves from the negative aspects of who we are as people, we realize that it's not only just temperament, it's not personality, it's not the personification of things that we would like to be or things that we are. It's not the expectations that are unrealistic to the people that we can become. It's not the people around us who give us unfair pressure and have placed um, ultimatums ultimately on the people that we should have been or should be at the moment in time in which we are still learning and still accessing and still trying to develop our mentality as people to understand ourselves as a whole so that way we are not just complacent in who we are but um we live a life of enjoyment and contentment and being who we are and being okay with some of the things that may not be the best of qualities in ourselves and still be able to press upon press on in a life that you know seemingly expects us as people to 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 be good in life to be talented to be extraordinary and sometimes there's going to be aspects about ourselves that we are not for black people in general when we're talking about the self-hatred that may elude us from a dialogue and having a conversation about race to kind of narrow the gap between us and other races and us and the understanding of one another in regards to the misconstrued notions that are perceived by black people and who they are as people. Because at the end of the day, we can't fight for freedom. We can't fight for equality. We can't fight for equity if there is a hatred 
amongst ourselves and our own culture and our own race amongst our own people, but then be telling other people that these are the things that we demand and then these are the things that we want, but be killing ourselves, but be um, categorizing ourselves based on how light or how dark we are. That's a thing too. And that's part of the self, and that's part of the kind of the self hatred notion in regards to the black community. And it's things that I've seen. It's things that I myself, as a younger person, um, would talk about um, and kind of criticize. And I, like I said, I, I'm not excluded from that. I'm a person that has done that before. And now that I'm older, and I realize that. You know, it is a, a form of self-hatred and it's something that I had to come to terms with for myself in regards to I can't sit here and talk to society and strive for better things in the African-American culture and the black culture. If I am part of the problem in regards to the self-hatred that is already exhibited by black people within the community in, in regards to things like oh, you, you are light-skinned or you're dark-skinned or you're, you're dumb or you're this, that, and other, and basically manifesting the stereotypes that other races and other people are, um, have made to transcend, to make, that have been made to transcend black people as a whole in a negative way. So that's one thing that I've learned in all of this and that I've learned as a person is just that my struggle and my challenges as a black person and trying to equate goodness and hope um, as well as finding the essence of myself is also being able to understand and idealize the culture in which I live in and thinking of it as something that is aesthetically pleasing to the eye and to the the thought as opposed to thinking it's something that is a burden upon me because I am who I am. And I think that is kind of the core and the the normalcy of a lot of black people and a lot of other people who come from um, different cultures too, because it's not just a black culture. It's I, I think it's prevalent in all cultures, a type of hatred towards one another within the realm of people's culture just because of you know it could be things of like I said light skin um, versus dark skin within a culture or it can be uh, mentality it can be cultural norms it can be um, customs any of those things that kind of you know that kind of are elusive in being able to communicate with others things that we expect people um, to treat us as if we are if we ourselves don't treat each other with that same respect and we're not uplifting each other as opposed to um, reiterating why we hate each other or hate ourselves in regards to this type of communication. So one of the things as far as my brownie points is something that I feel are good tips for alleviating ourselves of our self-hatred. And yes, these are general, they're general um, tips, but at the same time, if we want to stabilize ourselves emotionally, if we want to negate the negativity and the criticisms of ourselves as people, 
Um, if we want other people to be able to be amicable in regards to talking to us and cordial in regards to um, agreeability as, um, as, as well as if they disagree with us, then we have to understand that, you know, there's going to be things within ourselves that we have to, that we have to learn. There's going to be behaviors that we have to be okay with. There's going to be things that trigger us. There's going to be trauma. There's, a, there's all types of social emotional things that go with self-loathing and self-hatred. Um, and just the general um, conception that we are unworthy of ourselves and that we're undeserving of the things that are good in our life. Um, sometimes I felt like that. Sometimes I felt like I was undeserving and unworthy of living the life that I live, that I was undeserving and, you know, not, you know, grateful or ungrateful for, you know, being black, for, you know, the opportunities and the success that I've gotten. Um, and I, and part of that is societal and part of that is, you know, mentality and what I've kind of been conditioned in my life to be. But now, you know, as I get older, I mean, of course, we all struggle with some of the things and some of the insecurities that we have with ourselves. And I think that's just generally with everybody. But um, you shouldn't hate yourself. You shouldn't hate yourself based on race. You shouldn't hate yourself based on qualities and um, criticisms of yourself that you deem as negative or you deem as um, not appealing to others and the societal norms. You should love yourself regardless of any and everything that you exhibit. So in regards to that, um, my brownie point is, I mean, obviously to love yourself, but I take it a step further, um, not just to love yourself, but to love the imperfections that make you who you are. Um, to love the expectations that you have not met in your life. But that doesn't mean that you're not learning to. Um, to love the things that you have learned in regards to behavior, the things that have kind of conditioned you to be who you are, that might be social, emotional um, um, aspects, that might be trauma that you've experienced. A lot of those things kind of... Co corroborate to make you into the person that you are and that's not a bad thing and that's not a reason or a basis for you to hate yourself um cultural you know cultural differences cultural comparisons those are not reasons you should hate yourself those are just aspects of you know our society that make us who we are but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to you know, um, negate those things to better love ourselves. We have to embrace it. So, so that's the thing like that we have to understand is just embracing who we are and understanding who we are. Um, some of the things that I believe, um, are going to build us as a people and build us, um, in regards to, um, who we are as people and, kind of bettering ourselves um, when it comes to um, loving ourselves is 
we have to stop we have to stop making self hatred a a black and white situation an all or nothing situation um that's to say that us as people we always give ourselves ultimatums it's either we do something or we can't do something or we will do something or we won't do something it's all um ultimatum based and we have to stop telling ourselves that because at the end of the day regardless of if we can or if we can't do something in regards to who we are and what we are and who we will become um, is completely irrelevant to the journey and the the person and the persona and the facade of who we are and what we're supposed to be um, that is not contingent upon whether you should love yourself or hate yourself. Um, you should always love yourself regardless of anything that you can and can't do or things that you will or won't do. There should always still be a love for ourselves because there shouldn't be a complacency to not want to do things or there shouldn't be um, an unwillingness to um, to not understand um, certain things about ourselves in regards to the things that we feel like we are a failure at or things that we feel like we can triumph um that are things that we feel like we can um succeed in um we should never focus on the negative um there's a lot of beautiful things in life and in the world and um if we focus purely on the negative or any aspect of ourselves that we focus purely on the negative. If I'm an African-American male and I focus purely on the stereotypes that have been conjured up by, you know, people who know nothing about me or know nothing of my culture, then you guess what? I'm going to be very uncomfortable in my black skin and be very uncomfortable learning about my heritage and my culture. If all I do is base my existence as a black person, a black a black male on stereotypes that have nothing to do with my character, my pers my um my personality, my temperament, the way that I behave, the way that I succeed, my mentality, my mental um, fortitude it has nothing to do with that. Um, but if I focus on the negative, then all I'm looking at is all the bad things that I am as a black person in this society. And we should never focus on that. Never focus on the negative. Um, believe in, um, believe a feeling is a fact. Um, Feelings are subjective. You have to understand that. Feelings can change at the moment, um, at any moment in time. Feelings are can sometimes be irrational. Sometimes they can be logical. Sometimes they can be completely and utterly, you know, out of bounds. They can be um, unpredictable even. But um, if we're talking about self-hate and self-hatred, um, you have to understand whatever it is that you feel is not necessarily contingent upon the truth, nor is it contingent upon the facts and the nature of of whatever it is that's going on. Um, because you fail at something doesn't make you a failure in life, right? You may feel that way, 
But the truth is, you're not a failure. You failed at something. That doesn't mean that you'll fail again. That doesn't necessarily mean that you won't fail at other things. Um, that won't. That doesn't necessarily mean that you um, won't succeed at other things as well. So don't make feeling into fact. And um, low self-esteem. Um, there's a lot of people out in the world who have low self-esteem. There's a lot of people out there that lack confidence. There's a lot of people out there who who um idealize themselves at as less or as um just mediocre people and you should never ever sell yourself short you should never feel like you are not enough to exist in this world because at the end of the day god would have not created you to be here to live this life to have a soul to exist um if he felt like you were not enough and that you didn't have a purpose in this life, you may feel that way. And like I said, feelings are subjective, but that doesn't necessarily mean in the grand scheme of things and in the big picture that you don't matter. And in, when, when you're exhibiting traits and symptoms of self-hatred, you feel like you don't matter and you kind of acquiesce to that role as somebody that is um immersed in self-hatred um and you can't be that way you can't fulfill a role that never was that was never given to you basically so low self-esteem um just understand don't put yourself down you have to always rise above any and everything and understand that if you are putting pressure upon yourself and the world is compressing you, then how will you ever, ever have the strength and the power to rise up? So it's something that you have to understand as a person and don't let your low self-esteem or let your self-esteem in general be low based on feeling like you're not good enough because you are. I, as a black man in this society, am, am good enough to do all of the things that any other race or any other person is capable of doing. All I have to do is focus in. Am I going to have to work a little harder? Yeah, probably. Am I going to have to overcome a lot more adversity in comparison to other people? You're damn right. But I do that because I understand in myself that I don't hate myself. I love myself and I love myself enough to rot to arise to any challenge. And I love myself even more so to understand that I can be successful if I focus and nothing can stop me, especially if my mindset is placed in that in that realm of thinking and in uh, my conscious mind. So from part of that, some of the tips is one, don't pay attention to your triggers. Um, I think this is the first step to, to self-hatred. Um, no matter who you are, no matter what walk of life you come from, no matter whether you're poor, whether you're rich, middle class, it does not matter. It doesn't matter your environment. It doesn't matter your temperament. It doesn't matter how happy you are. It doesn't matter how depressed you are or sad you are. 
we all have things that trigger us. We all have um, certain mechanisms and certain things that may be key free phrases that may be um, experiences, situations. It may be the past. It may be the present. It may be things of the future. Any of those things that can trigger us um, and kind of um, play on our self-hatred or our, you know, our self-loathing. We have to understand that we can't allow those things to to dictate how we feel about ourselves. Um, and part of that, too, it just it comes with understanding that you have to consider your feelings. You have to consider the facts and then you have to consider how you're going to cope with things even if it's not something that is in your favor. Um, and that that's just how it is. You just have to understand those things from that perspective and and just be able to get through your day and understand though that there are gonna be things that trigger us. Um, but you have to you have to be able to identify your triggers and be able to avoid or minimize those triggers as they're contingent upon whether you love yourself or hate yourself. Um, turning negative into a positive because your triggers are going to help you to learn about yourself. Even if they are negative, they're going to help you to work through some of the things that ail you as a person or some of the things that convince you that you should help, that you should hate yourself in certain aspects of who you are. Um, challenge your negative thoughts. Um, there is not a positive without a negative. Um, just as there's not good without evil, just as there's not, um, there's not a reaction without a response or a counteraction. There, there's not these things without one or the other. Um, that is called balance. If I have negative thoughts about myself, what are some of the positive things that I can do to negate the negative thoughts? What's my equalizer? What is the thing that keeps me humbled? What is the thing that keeps me balanced? What are the things that keep me that keep me calm and keep me collected? That's what it means to challenge your negative thoughts, um, because self-hatred can come out of nowhere. You can reflect on some things and feel really bad about yourself. But from that point on, you have to internalize and have a, an internal conversation with yourself about the things that make you feel good about yourself. Um, and that's what I mean. What's your balance? How do you keep yourself balanced mentally? And um, and in that, what are some of the things that you're doing to 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 create to to create equilibrium in your life and in and in your um, journey for self-love? Think about those things. Um, practicing just positive self-talk. Um, for me, I mean, people would call it probably self-talk, but I call it talking to God. Every day when I leave this house and when I come home, I'm having a conversation with God. I'm talking to him about any and everything that's on my mind. Because for me, that's how I keep myself humbled. 
That is how I am able to decompress. That is how I am able to love myself and understand myself a little more. Because, you know, for me, you know, because I'm, I'm a very spiritual person and I believe in God wholeheartedly, that I am able to have a conversation um, in the midst of driving to work and driving home and in the midst of just when I'm by myself and I'm able to reflect and kind of um, introspectively look at things and look at my life and look at some of the situations that I've been in and just bask in the moment and understand that my life is good. There are great things about myself that I that I know I'm you know, that I know that I am grateful for and in deep gratitude about. Um, there are also things that make me feel good about who I am. And there are, you know, aspects in my life and experiences and, you know, things that I do and that I have done that, you know, that help me to not only stay humble, but to also realize that I matter to not only the people around me, but I matter to myself. And because I matter to myself, I work that much harder to let people know that they matter to me. And and in part and as a result, I matter to them. And I think it's because of that positive talk and that, you know, those communications that I have with God um, that helps me kind of in that aspect. So being able to be positive and talking positively about yourself and with yourself. Um, I mean, that's a no brainer. Refrain from refrain from negative talking or negative thoughts about yourself. Um, spend time with people who who make you happy. Now, with that, you can you know, you can be a little more, you know, you have to be a little more selective with the people that are around you. Um it is good to spend time with people who make you happy, but it's also good to spend time with people who are going to be realistic with you. Um, I'm one of those friends. I'm one of those people who when I come around my friends or family or anybody like that, I'm a straight shooter. I tell you how I feel. I tell you what it's like. I tell you the truth. Um, sometimes it's not a happy moment, but it's a it's a moment of clarity. Um, and I think in life you need those moments of clarity to not only to not only uh, to evaluate yourself, but to also learn. I learn in talking to people. I learn in my happiness. I learn in my sadness and my loneliness. I learn in my isolation. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not just about your socialization with people and how good it makes you feel. But it's also understanding those interactions and why they make you happy and why they make you feel good and um, and how it kind of all of revolves around your your love for self. So understanding that. Um, practicing self-compassion. Uh, I think this one is probably underrated as for most people. Um, learning to, to, to forgive yourself, learning to, um, to understand your frustrations about things, you know, about certain aspects of yourself 
and being able to still be compassionate about your shortcomings. We all have them. We will never live without them. But in this in this journey of alleviating self-hatred, we have to acknowledge that um, that our feelings about who we are also should remind us of what we have become. Um, because there's a journey and we're, we're on a constant journey in life. And that journey is going to take us up and down like a roller coaster. It's going to take us spiraling. It's going to take us upside down. It's going to, you know, ease out in some places. It's going to go really fast in others. Um, but the but that whole entire time while we're riding this roller coaster, it's not so much the roller coaster itself. It's the thrill. It's the the anticipation. It's the um it's the 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 ups and downs that we get. It may be the fear. It may be the thrill. It may be you know a it may be just a a composition of a lot of things, and in that, we still have to ultimately love the ride once it once it ends, and it's the same thing with our life. There's a bunch of things that we're gonna go through that we may not be satisfied with. We may hate. We may be frustrated by, um, but it's also going to be things that we enjoy. It's going to be success that we thrive in. It's going to be, you know, things that we're able to understand and comprehend. But in all of it, at the end of the day, we have to be satisfied with the result. We have to be happy that we took the ride. And that's part of our and that's part of kind of illuminating the self-love that we're supposed to have in ourselves. And lastly, and I think this is probably one of the, the biggest tips that I can give you in regards to self-hatred. Ask people for help. Ask for assistance. Ask for knowledge. Ask for wisdom. No one person has it figured out. And there's a beauty in that. And because the, the beauty in that is that that means nobody's perfect. That means that we can empathize with each other because if there's uh, if we don't if there's nobody that is perfect in our world. That means that I can empathize with your imperfections. I can empathize with your um, your mishaps, your mistakes. I can empathize with some of your failures. And as a collective, we can learn from each other. We can learn to love each other in our states uh, and in our um, in the midst of in the midst of our shortcomings. And still be able to ask people for help. Because you learn a lot from people. I learn every day from people, whether it be minuscule things or whether it be these big grand um, gestures of wisdom and knowledge. I learn every day. Um, and because of that, I have, you know, compiled many theories, many philosophies, many thoughts, um, many conscious um, 
and unconscious um, ideologies that have helped me to progress as a person and have helped me to love myself more than I ever have in my entire life. And it's because I've asked for help. I've sought, you know, counsel, quote unquote. Um, I have, you know, been around people. I have helped other people. And so it all is part of the journey. And if you are a person that believes wholeheartedly in that journey, then you're going to understand what it's like to help, to assist, but to also be able to turn around and to be helped to, you know, have somebody pick you up to give you the positivity that you need, as well as to be able to kind of debunk some of the negative criticisms that we have about ourselves as people. Because one thing that I do know for a fact is that we're going to be there. We're going to be our biggest critics and we are going to be like most harsh when it comes to ourselves and to our well-being and to our existence as people. We are going to criticize ourselves much more than anybody else is because we understand ourselves the best and we understand the things that we're capable of the best and we understand our shortcomings and our failures the best because we are living in them and we manifest those things um, in our personality and our behavior and, and in our mentality and how we go about things in life. So it's, it's really simple, you guys. Um, loving yourself is not hard. The, the hard part is loving yourself undoubtedly without, you know, without any constraint to realizing that there are things that we may not love about ourselves. Um, there shouldn't be a limitation on how much we love ourselves. And unfortunately, some people and a lot of people, they place that constraint, kind of that, you know, ball and chain on themselves as far as how much they can love themselves. And you should be able to love yourself infinitely. There shouldn't be a fine, there shouldn't be finality to it. And that's the thing we have to kind of understand as people, um, knowing that you can love yourself and that you can overcome the hatred and the things that you don't love about yourself by loving yourself even more and loving yourself in the things that you hate about yourself, because that's possible too. Um, but like I said, um, learn to enjoy the existence in which you live. Learn to be grateful in the things that God has bestowed upon you. And also learn to manifest a, a, a nature of self that is not going to be deconstructive but that's going to be able to implement construction in the journey in which is life to be able to build upon and to make vast in regards to the love that you should have for yourself inside and out. And that's it, honestly.
Um, that's the key. So, um, and in regards to that, it's just, for me, um, being black is, is going to, is the cornucopia why I love myself. Outside of my talents and outside of my abilities, I love myself because I am that. I take pride in that because I am that. Um, and as people, regardless of your culture, regardless of your race, take pride in who you are, where you come from, the culture that you have embasked in. Be happy that God has blessed the world with so much diversity and so much culture and so many different types of people. Because self-love comes from that too. Understanding that I can love and be around all these beautiful people and still manage to love myself because I'm part of that beauty. I am that puzzle piece in the big picture that makes part of the big picture the way that it is. Love yourself. Don't hate yourself. Period. And that's it, you guys. Um, as always, um, anybody that's out there, um, I not only do this for myself because I love myself enough to talk to people about my own experiences and the things that I see as great topics in the world, but I do it for you. So always remember that. I love myself so I can love you more. And that's it. My name is Terrence Brown, and these are the Brownie Points. <laughs>